Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a criminal dumber than MacArthur Wheeler to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the complex question fallacy, also known as the loaded question fallacy and presupposition. And... uh, And for those of you who don't know who MacArthur Wheeler is, (laughs) that's why Trump is so orange. Ah, He's been doing the same thing with orange juice. Yeah. 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 So we all know. We all know that. Yeah. I I assume I assume all the listeners know MacArthur Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was a guy who tried to rob a couple of banks in Pittsburgh in the 90s. And his disguise was rubbing lemon juice on his face because someone had told him and he believed it. That it makes you invisible to security cameras. Well, because you because you can make invisible ink <laughs> out of lemon yeah. juice so naturally. You, as long as you don't go any and anywhere, you know. Then what you do, you write it with invisible ink uh-huh. with lemon juice. You let it dry, and then you <laughs> hold it. We all did it at primary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hold it over a candle or a source of heat, and it comes back. It burns the juice. Totally so I guess, logical. Yeah. As long as you don't go <laughs> near any kind of heat source, <laughs> like a radiator or a fan uh-huh. heat or anything. You'd be fine. You'd be, be invisible. invisible. Yeah. And yeah, wasn't so, he the source of the Dunning Kruger? It he was he was mentioned by, by Dunning and Kruger, yeah, right. in that yeah. I think. When the police released a still from the security camera footage, he yeah. was caught within half an hour. <laughs> and, um, and they went, Oh yeah, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they went round and he was like, But but I wore the juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm invisible. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it. someone, someone stupider than that guy is <laughs> was in charge of the US for four years, yeah. technically. Yeah, and uh, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But first, the complex question fallacy. Yeah. This is not just a complicated question, but a question which kind of either contains the answer you're expecting to get in some way, it kind of like begging the question, yeah. or only allows people to answer in one way. The classic right. example is when did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. Which yes. requires a much more complicated answer than yes, than than a kind of time when you stop yeah, beating yeah. your wife. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it implies yeah. you at some point You've got to go, no, I didn't, or um, no, I haven't, yeah. or, or <laughs> yeah. four o'clock, yeah. No, I, yeah, but hey, what, oh, you haven't We've, stopped. Oh. Well, is it? Yeah, is it true that you've stopped beating your wife? Yeah. No, it isn't true. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's true. No, yeah. what? No, hey, hang on. Yeah. So, exactly. our first example comes from some surveys that the Trump campaign put out with the Republican Party as a whole. And these are things called push polls. Push polls are right. where questions are asked which are clearly designed to push you in one direction. They're actually yeah. not even intended to get an answer, really. What they're intended to do is through asking a question, they're supposed yeah. to try and give you a bit of kind of a push to to believe one thing or the other. He did this 
multiple years. This is the one from 2020, July 2020. The first question, the 20 questions in this thing. First question was, do you believe the mainstream media has tried to delegitimize the crisis at our southern border? So nice. inherent so in there is the fact there is a crisis at the southern border. Southern border, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even if you say, no, I don't believe that, you're kind of accepting the fact that there's a crisis. Yeah, because all the, they, the only thing you're not yeah. believing is that the mainstream media has tried to de- delegitimize it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it implants that there is a crisis, but also very much suggests that the mainstream media has tried to delegitimize it there are other questions like which do you think the media cares more about america's success or their tv ratings (laughs) 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 and like that's a binary choice those are the only two the only two available Uh choices Yeah. yeah there's do you believe people make up stories about our movement because they know the mainstream media will glorify them for it so wow if you say no it's like, okay, well, why do they make up stories about our yes, movement? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a, yeah. no, people don't do that. <laughs> do you believe people make up stories? Yeah. That, yeah. No, no, they don't. Yeah. They do, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't do that because of this reason. They do it for another reason. Yeah. So why do you think they make up stories about a movement if it's not because they will, the mainstream media will glorify them for it? That's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. so, so QAnon. It's, <laughs> it's quite... You know, no wonder they think he's Q. Yeah. Yes, saying these there, Q There's another one. Um, do you believe the media purposely tries to divide Republicans in order to help elect Democrats? <laughs> so again, nice. they're clearly, yeah. they're clearly yeah. trying to divide Republicans. There's no question about that. Yeah. It's just why yeah. are they doing it? Yeah. And, and similarly, do you believe the media sensationalizes and exaggerates stories in order to paint President Trump and conservatives in a bad light? Wow. So the complexity is adding the bit on the end, so that it looks like it's a question, do you believe that the mainstream media delegitimizes X, or they, yeah. or do you do you believe they do this? That would be enough. And the, do you believe they do this because <laughs> they're doing that? There's the yeah, complexity yeah. added in yeah, right it t- there. Yeah, it turns... It turns the question of whether they're doing it into a question of why they're de- why they're doing this. Thing. Why they are? They're doing definitely doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. definitely doing. Yes, yeah. And I like the one which says, "Based on your answer above, <laughs> do, do you believe that Republican parties should spend more time and resources holding mainstream media accountable?" Yeah. Well, yeah, yes. Based on your answer, the answer above was, "Do you believe that the media perfectly tries to divide Republicans in order to help elect Democrats?" Well, yeah, yeah. We can't. It doesn't matter how you answer, really, <laughs> because the the answer is still there in the question. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So and yeah, again, they so, they they don't care what people think. They, there is no world where I believe that these questions are asked to find out what the electorate thinks about thinks. these questions. No, no. It it is entirely to to implant these ideas in people's minds and and yeah. kind of say, yeah, this is uh, the the mainstream media delegitimizes. Um, the crisis at the southern border, which definitely exists, and yeah. and they're delegitimizing it. So, yeah. Our second example from Trump comes from uh, Christmas Eve, when he was answering calls from children who were calling up NORAD to find out where Santa was. You just have a good time. Yes, sir. Are you still a believer in Santa? Yes, sir. Because at seven, it's marching, all right? Yes, sir. <laughs> So 
this is a girl that he spoke to who was seven years old and he asked her are you still a believer in santa which actually kind of is a it contains a couple of complexities in as much as it implies that she was at one point a believer in santa yeah without really questioning that that may be true in fact it is true because the girl responded she is still it also implies that there's a reason not to not to exactly he's still a believer in santa yeah yeah and and then he goes on to say yeah because because you know at your age seven it's yeah it's touch and go really isn't it he he says it's marginal she says yes yes sir when she was later interviewed she said i didn't i don't know what marginal means because she's fucking seven because she's yeah of course (laughs) you know you know that's yeah way to go to dash her dreams prez yeah you know yeah you know and that's so do do you believe that the president is more interested in his TV ratings than perpetuating the myth of Santa for the sake <laughs> of the child's mental health at Christmas. Uh-huh. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, in uh, Prime Minister's Questions uh, with uh, Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, because he's only ever done it with Boris Johnson. Oh, no, he did today with uh, our new glorious leader, Liz Truss, but which I almost watched, choked what, on that. I, yes, which I which I watched just for the kicks and was, was deeply moved. Um, in, insofar as you know, vomit came into the back of my mouth. <laughs> so, yeah. and, uh, well, anyway, but Keir Starmer is really very good at the loaded question. He kind of sometimes he disguises them as jokes, um, and we talked about one that was hilarious before I sort of shoehorned it in just because it was hilarious. Um, but it, when it works really well, he leaves very little wiggle room. And this, in, in this example with Boris Johnson uh, from the 21st of April 2021, he's talking about... So this is way back when the pandemic was the only thing we were worrying about them cocking up. Um, so here he is asking a loaded question. What does the Prime Minister think is the right thing to do if he receives a text message from a billionaire Conservative supporter asking him to fix tax rules. So, yeah, there is, it's, all, <laughs> it's all in there, isn't it? So what is the right thing to do? But, and he knows exactly what's happened. Because th- so this is about the, the non-domicile tax status that UK manufacturer billionaire CEO James Dyson, who makes um, vacuum cleaners, and he said Hoover's there. That would be interesting, mm. wouldn't it? Um, and he wanted to make ventilators to help the cause during the COVID crisis, bit at the beginning of it, but didn't want to be subject to the UK tax laws if he won the contract to produce the ventilators. It would be a lucrative contract because he's a party donor, blah, 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 blah. So it was kind of uh, pretty much a shoe-in that he would win it. But if he did, he didn't want to have to pay tax on the money that he would be given to do this stuff. Um, and whether it was right or wrong thing to do, <clears throat> Johnson did respond to the text, and it was later announced that the tax status of people who came to the UK to provide help during the pandemic would not be affected. And in, in his answer, Johnson goes on to make no apologies for shifting heaven and earth to secure the ventilators, but there was still plenty of concern around the issue, not least because the UK didn't use Dyson's ventilators but the tax rules remained changed. 
I mean, and having used like... Dyson's hand dryers, I, I, ima- I can only imagine his ventilators would just kind of blow, blow, blow people up like balloons. <laughs> Either that, or it would just blow the virus onto the floor like those hand dryers uh-huh. do. Whenever you stand there, in fact, I, I stopped using those blowing hand dryers during the pandemic because if you go somewhere and you, you, know, you wash your hands for the count of happy birthday twice and all that stuff, and then you just atomize the stuff you've washed off your hands into the atmosphere, courtesy of Dyson's hand dryers. And they've always been, I've always looked at them and thinking, well, where's the water going? Well, A, it's being blown into the atmosphere in an atomic way, just like sneezing into somebody's face, and, and B, ends up on the floor. So well, we, perhaps so you if you wash your you. hands properly, there wouldn't be virus particles on your hands to blow everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I did used to sing happy birthday very quickly. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, you're right there. And uh, but in, so in pushing this same point home, this entire episode of Promises Questions was basically a one loaded question after another. So he pushes it home, and there are at least three more loaded questions which I've nailed together. Can the Prime Minister tell me if one of the three million self-employed people who've been excluded from government support for over a year and now face bankruptcy, if they text the Prime Minister to ask for a tax break so they can survive, would he change the rules for them too? If an NHS nurse Prime Minister who's been working on the front line during the pandemic had the Prime Minister's phone number, would they get the pay rise they so obviously deserve? With this scandal now firmly centred on him, how on earth does he expect people to believe that he is the person to clean this mess up? <laughs> the nurse one, I think, particularly strong. Yeah, That was very, yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you say no, she wouldn't get the pay rise yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. bad and if yeah. you say oh yes if she had my phone number she'd get a pay rise well that's even worse that's even worse <laughs> yeah yeah quite so yes quite and, and it's just very good he does you can see him layering layering it on and of course <laughs> of course all boris can do is resort angrily to the usual bollocks about vaccine rollout and all that kind of stuff all of which have been fact-checked as false forever and continue to be fact-checked even when Yesterday, he did yet another farewell speech, which consisted of nothing but the fact-checked falsities that he trotted out forever. And then the well, very was the, same on, was ones... that was that the speech where he recommended people buy a kettle, the, like a uh, new no. kettle, because because <laughs> no, they no. probably would save like ten quid over the course of two years. Because if their yeah. kettle's really old and takes a while to boil, boil that would that would do it, yeah. And how much are kettles? Probably about twenty pounds. <laughs> Twelve quid. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So you would save nearly the price of a new kettle, yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, that's the that comes from that apocryphal tale about shoes, which is at the heart of capitalism versus the labour movement. Is that as a rich person, you can afford a pair of shoes for a hundred pounds. And they will last you 10 years. You know, it's written a long time ago. They will Mm -hmm. last you 10 years. As a poor person, you can buy cheaper shoes for £20, but they will only last you a year. So over 10 years, you end up spending twice as much on shoes as the rich person. But you don't have sufficient cash flow or money spare to, to make that outlay. So the rich person can make the outlay and save money. 
So yeah. the poor person can't make the outright. So that's where Boris is coming from with that. It's exactly that kind of mentality. Yeah, just buy a more efficient kettle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is it is very much like the, we'll just get a better job if you don't have enough That's money. Right. Yeah, just get another job. You <laughs> yeah. know, I've, I've run out of hours. In the, well, just, just pay your a, nanny less. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem? Yeah, just take your kid out of school for, for two weeks of the year. You know, don't go to the Maldives for your mm-hmm. uh, holidays. Yeah, quite. So the, the second example, at the other end of the pandemic, this end, the inquiry into looking at some of the sleazy deals and wrongheadedness that went on in response to it, because they're sleazy and wrongheaded about everything else. So, yeah, Natch. Angela Rayner asks Kit Morehouse on the 15th of July about the COVID, inqui- the COVID inquiry delay. Kit Morehouse is the Chancellor for the Duchy of Lancaster, which is a position currently the second highest ranking minister in the Cabinet Office. In practical terms, it basically allows the Prime Minister to appoint another minister that doesn't have a job. Uh, and at this point in the proceedings, Johnson's been ousted from office, so he's represented by Malthouse for this question. Yesterday, our country reached the dark milestone of 200,000 COVID deaths, a tragedy for our country and for all those who have lost loved ones. The Prime Minister delayed the start of the public inquiry into government's handling of the pandemic, with the hearings not expected until 2023, making a full inquiry unlikely before the next election. This week, reports suggest that the government is trying to block evidence to the inquiry, with ministers fearful they could be sued for damages. Mr Speaker, there can be no hint of a cover-up or excuses for ministers dodging scrutiny. Does he deny those reports that have been put in the press? And if not, how can he assure us and the public that process will be independent? Well, Mr Speaker, the the Honourable Lady has her very own brand of toxin, which she attempts to pump into everything that the government uh, does. And she's effectively... No, 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 no. We can't get on... We literally can't conduct debate in this House on the when did you stop beating your wife uh, questions. Uh, This inquiry will be one that will be independently chaired and thoroughly uh, conducted. It will have statutory powers to summon evidence and witnesses in the way that others have done. So basically he's accusing Rayner of A, being toxic, which anything that the, the Tory party disagrees with, they just deride as being toxic or playing politics. Well, that, and then and then he goes ahead and plays politics by saying we well, can't be doing the have you stopped beating your wife kind of questions, which to a certain extent, to be fair, he is right in identifying that she did sort of do that. I mean, I don't think she did. I was waiting well, it was for that, it because yeah, but it was that because she was the way she said it. Up. Yeah, absolutely. That, can you deny these reports? I don't. I, yeah, that I don't think is a loaded question at all because it, it. I think that's just the question because it, right, it. Right. Yeah, it's she's she's giving the evidence for her side first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. Admittedly, it's based on newspaper reports and that kind of stuff, so it's not primary sources and and all that stuff. But she's saying. Here are the. Here is what has been said about this. It looks bad. Do you yep. deny that stuff? You can answer. Yes, I do deny that stuff, and that's a valid answer. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, doesn't do that. Trap you either way. No, no, he doesn't do that because the reports are probably true. So he resorts yeah. instead to just you know P-p-p-p-ing. calling it a loaded question and and calling her toxic. It seemed first time I've heard it to be an evidence based question. That where right. she kind of presented the evidence yeah. and then said, say yes or no to this. So what, what he's done is is he's 
actually done what Boris always fails to do, which is uh, if Boris had his sense about him, he would say, well, you've just given me a loaded question, Kia. I can't answer that either way. You've got me. Um, and uh, go on to kind of be really humble and go, yeah, I can see what you're pointing out. Uh, makes it look bad, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like Boris, but, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but he's never going to do that. Because A, he hasn't got the wits about him to do that, and B, he would never do that. He would just bluster his way out. Whereas Malthouse appears to be have some wit about him in that he can make uh, Rayner's comment suddenly sound like it's loaded question shaped, even though it isn't. Although it, she did load it up with lots of evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then kind of went, okay, go ahead and deny that. Yeah, if you can. And then he's just gone, oh, well, no, see what you've done. You've asked a terrible question. You're a terrible politician. Yeah. You're a top it was kind politician. Of, yeah, it was kind of kind of a bit like a gotcha yeah. response that he, yeah. he you know, accused her of, of asking trick questions yeah. when, when it was just a normal question. Yeah. yeah. So this, uh, this, of course, actually, you know, just to give you a bit of context, this is quite Kit Malthouse, who's a complete bloody liar. So when he <laughs> says, oh, yeah, the, the inquiry will call people up and it will have an ev- evidence and it will be independent just like all the other ones, which weren't. And, um, <laughs> so on the 5th of October 2021, when he was defending the liar Boris Johnson, he said he didn't know where Boris Johnson was um, on television. And, uh, and this is how that went. Is he honest all the time? In my experience, yes, he is. Are you having to say that because he's sitting right next to you, Mr Malthouse? Is it, is it slightly No, I don't know. I have no awkward. idea where he is. There he oh, is. I have no he, idea where he there is. He is. He's, oh, he's, he's, right talk, there. he's talking to Tom Newton Dunn. Yeah. Oh, there he is, right there. They there just right uh, Literally, they just turn <laughs> the, the camera's pointing at Kit Malthouse and then they just turn the camera to the left and there's <laughs> Boris sitting down talking to a radio reporter. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, oh, there he is. What an arsehole. Anyway, so, and quickly, as a third example, as Morehouse shows, it depends on which side of the argument you are, and you can call it out or call something a loaded question in order to shut down further scrutiny. And in um, January 2012, Nicola Sturgeon's predecessor as leader of the SNP, Scottish National Party, and the Scottish Parliament, Alex Salmond, proposed the wording, not unlike Trump's poll, proposed the wording for the then-mooted Scottish independence referendum. His wording asked the Scottish people, do you agree Scotland should be an independent nation? And the new statesman said, our poll on Scottish independence asked voters, do you support Scotland becoming a country independent from the rest of the United Kingdom? And Alistair Darling, Tory MP and unofficial spokesman for unionism, said... The question is loaded. He's inviting people to endorse the separation of a successful independent nation. He is not asking if you want to remain part of the United Kingdom, which I would prefer, which feels a bit loaded the other way. But actually, I think it could be less of a loaded question if it had. Do you agree or disagree? I'm... That yeah, I'm, should I'm... be an independent nation. I'm ambivalent towards that because I think right. I think do you agree implies there is the opportunity to disagree. Just say no. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think if it said something like, "Do you agree that Scots are strong, independent people who would do better on their own rather than under the thumb of a an oppressive <laughs> Westminster government?" <laughs> yeah, that's loaded. <laughs> that's a loaded question. Yeah. But just saying, do you think because that's what they were asking. 
Do you, they, yeah. they were, the question was, yeah, yeah. should Scotland be a country independent from the rest of the UK? That's yeah. not that's not kind of having your thumb on the scale. That's yeah. what the question of it, should there be independence or not is. So, yeah, and I think do you do you think it should is the same functionally as saying do you think it should or not? Yeah. So Alistair Darling saying it's a loaded question. It, it isn't. He's just looking at it from the other point of view and calling it a loaded question. It's a bit like when people say, oh, that begs the question. And we now know from our episode <laughs> that it doesn't. When you say that, it doesn't necessarily, <laughs> uh, if at all. Um, so, And then he was, he's saying, he's not asking if you want to remain part of the United Kingdom, which I would prefer. But on his terms, that's just as loaded as the other one. Do you agree Scotland should be an independent nation or do you think it should remain part of the United Kingdom? Was the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he, but he's saying that's less loaded because that's the one he made up, whereas the one that Alex Salmon made up, he thinks is very loaded because he's got the word Scottish in there. <laughs> I suspect. Yeah. Yeah. thrown in the towel really you should take the hint across the channel I'm staring while Nadine becomes a dame look over there where there's a non-entity we used to know she's elected now pulled by puppeteers who don't know we see their game Something going wrong around here For two years Jesus Christ, I'm out of here <laughs> Joe Jackson there with Is she really going out with him? It's a loaded question if ever I heard one <laughs> So in the fallacy in the world We like to talk about the fallacy of the week From a non-political perspective And our first example this week comes from Community This is the episode I think it's called investigative journalism, where Jeff takes over the college paper and Annie is his kind of star reporter and she asks the dean a loaded question. Tell me, dean, when I refer to you in my article, would you prefer imbecile or incompetent? I prefer incompetent, but what I really want it is for you not... It doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so good, yeah. I'll talk about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like that he has a preference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I prefer it. Yeah, over imbecile. Well, we all would, wouldn't we? Really? Yeah. If you had to make a choice, yeah, yeah. There's a Family Guy episode actually that I just thought of that that has a similar thing. Kind of, there's a. I can't remember why they're trying to prosecute Brian for something. Someone sued Brian for something, right. and the lawyer asks Peter. Which of the following phrases describe, best describes Brian? Problem drinker or African-American haberdasher? <laughs> and he's like, well, of those two, problem drinker, I guess. But... <laughs> so our second example comes from the animated film The Bad Guys, which came out earlier this year, I think. Oh, yeah, not seen it yet on my list. 
Uh, it's pretty yep. good. And this is, I think it, she's the mayor, uh, right. talking to one of the bad guys. Who is he's a, a wolf. he's a wolf? He's a wolf. In sheep's clothing. He's a wolf who is supposedly trying to go straight. Oh, I see what's going on. You think I'm still a bad guy trying to bamboozle my way to freedom? But we've changed. The flower of goodness is blossoming all over the place. <sighs> Don't you ever get tired of lying? No. I mean, fudge. That was that was a trick question, right? <sighs> Well, that, why hasn't Starmer <laughs> said that? Oh, it's because you're not allowed to accuse each other of lying in yeah. the House of Commons. You can lie as much exactly. as you like, but you can't tell people that they... You can't say to them, don't you ever get tired of lying? Don't you get tired of this, of this bullshit? Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Back up. Back up. Ask me again. Yeah. Um, and finally, we have... A well, not finally actually. Finally, from from me, we have a section yeah. uh, from The Simpsons. This is from an episode called The Bart Mangled Banner, where uh, Bart, <laughs> through a series of hilarious yeah. japes, ends up accidentally mooning the American flag and has to go on a um, <laughs> a talk show, like a kind yeah. of a Tucker Carlson type talk show to to yeah. clear his name. Bart Simpson, what do you hate most about this country? Is it the freedom? Nash, I've realized something. I'm the worst kid in the world, and the last thing I deserve is forgiveness. But with a little help from Jesus and our fighting men and women overseas... All right, so if I hear you correctly, you're saying America is better than Jesus. Do you agree? Ah, before he can answer, do you? Well, America's not perfect. So America isn't perfect. Is that why you and your son hate us? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh-huh. If I hear you correctly... Yeah, which, and I love that the appeal to Jesus and the fighting men. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so good, yeah, he says. Um, Homer says to him before they go on, just just pretend you love America, and he says, I do love America. And Homer goes, save your lives for the American people. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's great. But yeah, the 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 first question there. Is what you hate most about America? Is it the yeah, freedom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's this assumption that he does hate America. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What do you hate most about America? Is it this? Is it the freedom? <laughs> At which point you just go, no. And they go, ah, oh, well, what is it then? What is <laughs> exactly, it that you yeah. most hate? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah. and then ending with America's not perfect. Is that why you hate us? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you go. No, that's not. Oh, so <laughs> that's, that's not, not why you hate us. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. So you hate uh-huh. us. Yeah, yeah. It's about, yeah. So finally, my example was the one that actually popped into my head immediately. We were going to do this this episode was um, Carolina Hearn, a comic from. Well, she was the kind of the new wave of comics from the eighties, the Comedy Store in London, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, she was on she the Fast this, Show. If anyone's yeah seen that, indeed, and other show, shows around that time, that, yeah, yeah. She had this character called Mrs. Merton, who was like an, an old sweet lady who would then interview people. And in 1996, um, she interviewed Debbie McGee, who was, well, I think she was a magician's assistant or a... Yeah, she was a magician's was assistant. Was his assistant, right. Paul Daniels, her husband, was a, a magician who was popular on kind of Saturday night TV. Yeah. And quite, compared to Debbie McGee, his assistant, quite yeah. old. And quite... Uh, ugly, not over so the, easy, not so easy yeah, on the not, eye. Yeah, and yeah. uh, she was a more glamorous assistant. And over the course of their career, they got married at some point. Yeah, yeah. So Caroline Hearn was interviewing Debbie McGee, 
and asked her this question. But what first, Debbie, attracted you to the millionaire Paul Daniels? <laughs> It's so good. That's very good. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. Every time, it's, that's just the perfect. The way she asks it is so good. It's, it's, oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah, very good. I think. <laughs> and um, what's interesting is that Paul Daniels, at the time, his only reply at the time, so they'd be married about six months or something. At the time, his de- in his defence, he was he said, I wasn't a millionaire at the time. <laughs> so My favourite... Mrs. Merton moment. Yeah, was when she interviewed a notoriously alcoholic soccer oh, player George, yes. George Best. Yes, yes. And asked, yeah. "If you hadn't done all that running around, do you think you'd have been so thirsty?" <laughs> so, yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just perfect. 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 So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, now, before we proceed, I must just ask you from the following statements just to tell me just how rigged this game is against me. (laughs) A, almost certainly, B, completely, or C, very much indeed. (laughs) I mean, I'd have to go with C, of those three. Yeah, Yeah. of those three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm yes, I'm currently way behind. I'm sorry, dear listeners, because I can't make it to fifty. Can I still make it to fifty? You can't make it. Not well. You can make it eventually, just not by the time yeah, we hit a hundred gates. Time we hit 100 gates. <laughs> no, yeah, fair enough. No. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm heartened by your faith in me that I'll eventually <laughs> get to fifty. I mean, I didn't say you would. I said you could. Yeah, I could. All right. Like, mathematically, okay, yeah, right. it's possible. Yeah. See, I was, I was <laughs> straw manning you right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Our clips this week come from actually not recent rallies and things that Trump has said because, I mean, he has said some shit recently. But yeah. but I thought I would delve back into the archives right. and, uh, and come up with a theme of times that people came up to Trump and said stuff, oh, right. yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Right. which almost certainly never happened. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying almost... Uh, that's be, that's probably being quite generous. So, he and there's lots of examples of these. So I've just picked a couple of uh, of good ones and written one yep. myself. Yeah. Number one, a strong man came up to me, tough kind of a guy, and said, "I want to thank you, Mr. President, for saving our country." And he had tears coming down his eyes. He had this wasn't just a statement because he had tears coming down, unless he was a real wise guy. But he had tears coming down his eyes and he said, I want to thank you, Mr. President, for saving our country. And I want to thank you for all of the horrible things that you've had to go through because it's so unfair to you. And it's so unfair to all of the millions and tens of millions of people that voted for you. It's true. Because <laughs> it's all as given when you put at the end, you find it <laughs> yeah, necessary yeah. to put at the end of something. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. It's like, you know, just... <laughs> Putting something in parentheses after a sentence doesn't make it true. <laughs> Brackets. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need it. Yeah. Okay. Statement number two. Okay. Yeah. I say hello to the people that work at the polling booths, and a woman comes up to me in New Hampshire. She said, you know, Mr. Trump, I've been doing this for 40 years, and in 40 years we used to have like three people mm-hmm. come in and then another three, four people, and it was just very light. 
Here we have lines, and I looked at the lines. The lines were five blocks long, five abreast, coming in to vote. We've taken in millions and millions and millions of people within the Republican Party. They came out from the Democrats. Hmm. OK. Over 40... And in 40 years, we used to have three or four people... Three or four people coming in. Yeah. In 40 years... Right, and now... I mean, presumably, now, like, during that 40-year period, there were times when it was, like, three or four people. I don't yeah. think she means, like, over, over the, the course years. of 40 years, she's only uh, seen three, three, or four three people. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's right, yeah. I think you're right, yes. I, so, I yeah. think it... The people I think were outside. If she's in the right place. <laughs> people were rushing in at the rate of one a year. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. And statement number three. Mm-hmm. I was in Minnesota and a soldier came up to me, big guy, in uniform, straight out of central casting. And he said to me, looked me right in the eye and said, Sir, I don't vote Republican. My father has always voted for Democrats. My uncles, always Democrats. But we're all voting for you because of everything you've done for the troops. The Democrats hate our country and our military, and you've brought it back, sir. I get that all the time. So many people come up to me. The enthusiasm for what I've achieved is tremendous. Right. <laughs> so it kind of... It, it starts off with these heartfelt things <laughs> of, you know, homilies from genuine people who say, thank you, sir, you know... And they kind of and there's tears in their eyes and all that stuff. And then tears within a sentence, he tips it round to the marvelous things I've done. <laughs> yeah, all that. Yes, yeah. So that's they are just little stories to disguise the way in from his point of view to talk about himself <laughs> again. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Uh, <clears throat> right. <sighs> well, I'm quite intrigued by the turn of phrase tears coming down his eyes as a as a very trump type thing and i'm thinking well yeah would jim be would be kind of spotted that kind of thing and then make that up see i've now just talked myself into thinking that you might have made that one up although i think it might be real okay 40 years we used to get three or four and here we have lines, and I looked at the lines. Five blocks on five breasts. Millions, millions, millions. Okay. All right, so my gut feel is that uh, number three is the one that you made up. Okay, so of the other two, which are you more convinced by? More convinced by the strong man with the tears coming down his eyes. Okay. For sake uh, so saving our country, number one for all the horrible things you've had to go through. Yep, yep. Israel. Oh no! A strong man came up to me, tough kind of a guy, and said, uh, "I want to thank you, Mr. President, for saving our country." And and he had he had tears coming down his eyes. He this wasn't just a statement because he had tears coming down, unless he was a real wise guy. But he had tears coming down his eyes, and he said, I want to thank you, Mr. President, for saving our country, and I want to thank you for all of the horrible things that you have to go through, because it's so unfair to you, and it's so unfair to all of the millions and tens of millions of people that voted for you. It's true. It's It's not true. It's not true. Not true. Not true. The guy didn't come up to him, didn't say thank you, and even if he did... 
and then to like, dismiss the guy, so he comes up and he goes, "Yeah, thank <laughs> you, Mr. President, for saving our country." And he, and he had generally met tears coming up, unless yeah. he was a wise guy. So he just kind of dismisses. The, so they're all going, "Yay!" And then he just dismisses <laughs> him, unless he's a white guy. And they all go, yeah. "Oh yeah, clever you, yeah maybe, that. Mm. yeah." And then he just thanks for saving the country and thank you for all the horrible things that you have to go through. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> didn't. The witch hunt, the Russia hoax. Yeah, yeah all of that. Two impeachments. Doing the horrible things you've had to go <laughs> yeah. through. Yeah. What we've put him through. What we've put him through. Wow. Yeah. Doing deals with dodgy people in the upstairs of Trump Tower. Yeah. What you've had to do. And, you know, all that money we've given you and all of those things you didn't do that you said you'd do. <laughs> yeah. All that horrible stuff. Yeah. 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 So you also think statement number two is real? I do. I'm beginning to doubt it. Yeah. Statement number two is... Yeah. Real. I say hello to the people that work at the polling booths. And a woman comes up to me in New Hampshire. She said, you know, Mr. Trump, I've been doing this for 40 years. And in 40 years, we used to have like three people come in and there another three, four people. And it was just very light. We have lines. And I looked at the lines. The lines were five blocks long, five abreast coming in to vote. We've taken in millions and millions and millions of people within the Republican Party. They came out from the Democrats. Yeah, but so this is New Hampshire, where yeah. it's voted nothing but Democrat for years and years <laughs> and years. Yeah. 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 Million, and, and it's gone from three or four people at a time yeah. to so, five abreast for five blocks long. He thinks yeah. he's like an Apple store or something on the day yeah. of they have a, a new <laughs> a iPhone. New phone. Yeah, yeah. It's and, yeah. and I looked up the percentages of mm. eligible voters that actually voted in New Hampshire. Yeah. In 2016, yep. which is the election he's talking about, it was 69.1% um, right. turnout. And in 2008, when Obama was uh, first running, it was 69.6% turnout. So right. seems unlikely that it went... That, that with point. the same number of people essentially voting, yeah, that millions, million, billions. Of yeah, them he was just there on a day over. when, literally, I mean, five abreast for five blocks. That's got to be thousands and thousands of people. More than just that one point, one percentage point difference between him and Obama. I mean, not even it's it. He was it was half a percent less in twenty sixteen. Right. So yeah, yeah. So that means that number three was hey. indeed fake news. Uh, ah, there was there was ah, no ah. big guy in uniform who came up to him and well, to be fair, told him that no the Democrats hate the military. Guy. No, there were no, there, there was, was other two was people. Didn't exist, You're right. Yeah. yeah, no. so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. none of those three people existed. But he yeah. only he well, told stories them. about two of them. <laughs> yeah, but one of them we know he didn't. No, he didn't exist because you made. Up. <laughs> yeah, but the others he made up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which means that you are now on 47 hey! out of 98 and creeping yeah. ever closer to that 50%. Yes. Like like, like, a, like a snail. <laughs> like Zeno. Perhaps. Like Zeno, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ever closer. Well, like half the distance <laughs> and then half that distance again. Yeah. So we don't talk a lot about our Patreon. 
Yeah. Every episode we mention it at the very end, say, you know, if you want to support us, you can do that. And we, we talk about our amazing, wonderful they are. patrons yeah. uh, who, yeah. who do that. And particularly the, the ones who give us the most money, frankly. Constantly astonished by that. So thank you. But I do want to talk briefly about the Patreon because we have a new Patreon goal that we haven't yep. had before. It's just recently been added. And yep. it's our next goal. And if we hit it, we will change roles Mark and I will switch for one episode. Yeah. And so Mark will have to choose the fallacy, find Trump examples, yeah. find fallacy in the wild examples. Yeah. I will have to delve into British politics. Yeah. And and also I'll I'll have to do a song. I'll have to I'll have to do the fallacy in the wild sting. I am not musical. <laughs> So I well, warn you now. I think I think that's that, <laughs> that's, you know, that's no hindrance. I'm not. I just no proved not to be a hindrance to me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Mark will try to fool me in fake news. Yes, he will have to come up with a fake Trump quote. So if that's the kind of thing you would like to hear us do, yeah, there is no better time than now to sign up to to Patreon.com/slash/ftrump. And if you do that, you'll get a ton. Of extra stuff. Oh my stuff. god, there's so much stuff. Apart from ad-free episodes, yep. usually with a little bit of extra material yep. in yep. when we kind of go off topic sometimes or do something funny at the end occasionally. Yep. But also on top of that, there's over a hundred other episodes of different stuff that you have not even had the opportunity to hear at all. Yeah. Because you've just been listening to the the regular feed like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, way to go. Uh, <laughs> way, way, yeah, way to encourage. Among, yeah. <laughs> among the things that our patrons have heard us talk about yeah. are books like Bob Woodward's book, Fear, Trump yeah. in the White House, yeah. which we went through chapter by chapter, broke down, talked about. Uh, we, we cast the inevitable Ron Howard adaptation yeah. with yeah, our kind yeah. of fantasy actors for each role. We went through QAnon, The Great Awakening, and debunked all of the bullshit that QAnoners believe yeah. and we're currently going through Mary Trump's book Too Much and Never Enough yeah we've also looked at several films along the way we have which are Trump Trump adjacent films films that we can plausibly make Big some Trump suggestion there's a connection to Trump including yeah. various Christmas episodes where we looked at Home Sweet Home Alone don't don't yep. incidentally don't we look at it we did do that just don't look at any of the films no, that we talk about because they're all terrible just listen to us uh, talking about them yeah we talked about Ghosts Can't Do It the film yep. that Trump won a Razzie for yeah. We talked about yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. Oh my god, we did. We talked did. about yeah. Me You Madness, the vanity project by Mnuchin's wife. Yeah. We talked about The Associate, a Whoopi Goldberg film which had uh, a cameo from Trump in as yeah. and also just recently we went into quite a lot of detail <laughs> of yeah. 2000 Mules, the Nesh D'Souza documentary in inverted commas yeah. about election fraud. A lot of ways and said <laughs> documentary. Yeah. 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 And and I believe uh, that that is the the most complete fact checking of that film that exists on the internet. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, and uh, and upcoming, we're going to be looking at the the book, the tie, the book tie-in. I have managed to secure a, a, an early copy of Dinesh D'Souza's book, Two Thousand Mules, and I think I figured out why <laughs> the publishers have recalled. Yeah all of the paperback copies that, that were already out there. So Fantastic. if you want to find out what that is, you have to yeah. be a patron. We've also done other things, not just films and books. We we played a game called No More Jockeys on video, so you can actually see us yeah. doing it a few times yeah. with a friend of Mark's. Uh, yeah. Well, a friend of mine too now, I guess. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a couple of right-wing YouTube channels. We'll oh, be yes. doing more of that in the future. Most recently, we've done a special where we talked about all of the uh, logical fallacies 
that are found in the gun debate on both sides of that debate, gun control. And that was definitely one of the best episodes we've ever done. Uh, We haven't actually recorded it yet. We're going to do it after this. But uh, (laughs) what that is, is is a secret stash of documents kept in a kind of audio Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> really, isn't it? And and if you become a patron, you get to be the FBI. You get to kind of go and open up those boxes that you're not yeah. allowed to open and then... and You don't even need stuff. a special master to decide which bits you don't get to see. <laughs> if no. you sign up for at least two bucks an episode, you'll get access to all of that stuff and all of the similar stuff that we plan to put out in the future. And And we've got some really good stuff in the pipeline all right some of which i haven't even told mark about yet wow that's how good it is <laughs> so it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called a special master is not a logical fallacy because i mean we've been away for an extra week since the last episode yeah and because there wasn't anything happening <laughs> they didn't skimp on yeah. packing in the news about trump's yes. crimes and uh just how fucking blatant they all were and and how i mean he's he's admitting multiple felonies and his lawyers are admitting multiple felonies literally in the filings that they are filing with the court they are admitting stuff that he's done that that is what the department of justice are saying we reckon you probably did this and his lawyers are going oh we totally did that (laughs) well it's almost a kind of a well, it's a bit like they did that before, isn't it? It's almost a loaded answer, isn't it? And they're going, we'd just like to, you know, <laughs> yes, society to blame. I'd like to take all of these other criminal activities into account. Yeah. If if you could, yeah. please. Yeah. And they just sort of say, oh, yeah, we, we deny that one because he can't possibly have been doing that because he was doing these other five things at the <laughs> time. So, and you go, oh, <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you think you just let the cat out of the bag? Yeah. But the-, the thing you've got to remember about Trump's lawyers is that each time he does something and lawyers try to defend him for it, they sometimes get disbarred. They sometimes, yeah. Um, yeah. they you know, yeah. they lose their their reputation certainly. Um, but but most importantly, yeah. is they never get paid. Yeah. So he's down to the to the ones now that he can still get after years of criming who who are still prepared yeah. to come out uh, you know go on tv and say good stuff about him with no hope of getting any money for it at any point yeah so yeah. i don't know why they're doing it just love of the game i guess but <laughs> yeah no, just pure innocence just absolute innocence but they're shit yeah. they're so bad at what they do so as you know Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI in a, a secret late night, middle of the day thing, which they told the Secret Service about beforehand, where they went yeah. to collect yeah. the documents they'd been repeatedly asking for for months. So he did say, well, why didn't you yeah, just yeah, ask yeah. me? I would have given them. Well, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so they did that. They collected these documents, 22 boxes, I think, of documents, mm-hmm. which uh, was on top of the 15 boxes that Trump had originally given back and then his lawyers signed a, a penalty of perjury statement saying that they'd definitely given everything back now and they'd done a really good search to make sure there wasn't anything else. There definitely wasn't anything else. And when... No, uh, no, no definitely no classified stuff and no stuff that the, the government should have back. And when the Department of Justice sent people there, they, they, they let them look in the storage room yeah. 
where there were boxes, but but did specifically didn't let them look in the boxes. They were like, yeah. oh, yes, there's yeah. definitely no there classified are... things here. Don't look no. there. Don't look in this box. Yes. Here are some, here are some boxes. But, <laughs> they but definitely don't, don't have classified gonna... material in them. But just, just don't look. Don't look. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah it's it, on the 8th of August, the FBI took that material back. At that point, Trump's lawyers could have filed something about about anything about that about saying you know it's it this is my stuff or you've taken stuff you weren't supposed to take or or claimed the executive privilege that they ultimately did which in itself admits that those are presidential documents and he's not allowed to have them yeah and but they didn't do anything they didn't file anything until the 22nd of august so that's like over two weeks later and at that point they didn't even file the you've done the wrong thing can i have those back thing what they filed was a motion requesting a special master which is someone to go through the documents before the fbi gets to see them to decide what in there might be uh, privileged information the only thing that could even potentially fit with that is documents that are to do with interactions between trump and his personal lawyers that could be right privileged attorney-client information executive privilege if it's if it's presidential stuff that's not his anyway that belongs to the national archives the 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 archivist so that would be a terrible argument which they made (laughs) but the special master in theory would go through the stuff and decide what the fbi gets to see and what they don't get to see right the thing is because they did it over two weeks after the fbi took the stuff the fbi had already gone through everything at that point yeah. And and in that yeah. process they had a team within the FBI who were not involved in the investigation in the criminal investigation who whose only job it was they were a privileged team was was to look at the material to, for stuff that the criminal investigation team shouldn't look at shouldn't be included in that group of materials. Right. So they'd had this process Which happening. Is the equivalent. Of- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'd gone through the process, they'd identified material which, which was potentially privileged and removed that. Then the FBI had continued to go through and log and look at all of the the classified national security, nuclear secrets, all of that stuff, yeah. and log it all and keep records and, and start their criminal investigation based on that before Trump had even filed to say, we, we, to you know, to, right? don't look at yeah. that stuff, we'd really like someone to check it first. They filed that not with the original court that the the, the search warrant had been um, had gone through uh, because basically they didn't think they'd win there, so they filed it in a more conservative district in Florida, uh, where it went to a a judge that Trump appointed basically at the last minute, I think December twenty twenty, on his way out of office, right. an unqualified, according to the American Bar Association, judge uh, who's a, a part of the Federalist Society, one of one of those kind of Trump loyalist, ultra-conservative judges called Eileen Cannon. Right. And so the special master motion went to her and her response to it was essentially, like at the top of the, of the motion, of her response, she essentially put, oh, I, you know, I'm definitely going to grant this request. But in the meantime, <laughs> could you, first of all, you know the DOJ give me reasons I shouldn't, and yeah. and also on Trump's side, 
maybe clarify some of the stuff in your motion because because none of the stuff in your motion Most made any sense. sense. Right. So, right. so in order for me to grant your motion, you need to tell me we, why, why you think I, I grant the yeah, motion. Well, first of all, yeah. why you think I have jurisdiction? Uh, right. Um, right. Because yeah. because. Again, they didn't go back to the the court. This was a new filing, essentially, as if it's a new case. Um, right. So why do I have jurisdiction in this case? And she kind of gave them a couple of options. Like, do yeah. you think maybe it's anomalous jurisdiction? If you might want to look that up and see if you think <laughs> that's a thing be. I'll definitely agree with if you claim it. And the yeah. thing is, the Trump lawyers didn't, didn't then do that. didn't take that hint. They didn't ah. claim that. They barely answered that question. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they didn't get that hint. So she's, she asked, you know, what jurisdiction do I have to answer this question and give me the basis for, the, for your claiming which jurisdiction it is? Yeah. Also, what relief are you seeking? Like what, yeah. apart from this special master, like what, what do you want done? Do you want them to stop kind of looking at the stuff? What are you claiming that, that, the, you, would, the, that you want to get out of this? Because they didn't put that in the motion. They, uh, what? Um, they yeah. just went, make them stop. Yeah. Just make yeah. them Get make someone them to stop. look at it first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, basically. <laughs> All the people that have looked at it have already uh, looked at it. Yeah. Her response was, uh, you know, this, this motion's bullshit. I really want to grant it, but, but you need to work with me here. Throw me a yeah. bone because this is shit. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't. And, I've got, and although I'm not qualified on the bar, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. And I've got yeah. my future to think about. The rest of your lawyers, you're at the very bottom of the barrel now, and yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. And even me chucking you this big hint, they're going, yeah. uh, what is it she's saying? I don't know. I don't have time to look that, that up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so, to worry about getting paid. Yeah. So Trump's lawyers came back with a with a kind of refined motion in which they didn't request specific anomalous jurisdiction or, or uh, equitable it jurisdiction. It in any way. It was crude. And, crude um, it, and the DOJ came back with their reasons as well why why they thought it was important that they continue to look at this stuff, basically. Right. And that yeah. gave them the opportunity to argue lots of stuff and reveal lots of new information, yeah. including a lot of stuff about what they had seized and what yeah. they had seized the, what they'd got the first time around. I think actually the first time that that information came from the um, affidavit that got redacted based on the original judge uh, yes. deciding yes. that the DOJ should, should release the, the affidavit. Yep. But amongst those filings, we found that there was a lot of classified shit just in the stuff he voluntarily gave back. So, like, yeah. he he had... At least like thirty-seven boxes of stuff in his little unlocked shed that he kept yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. In the basement at his oceanfront golf course. Yeah, which is open to the public if you, they have enough money. Yeah. And so when the the archivist said, "Oh, you've got some of our stuff. Give it back." Yeah. Seven months later, he voluntarily gave it back after arguing with them a bit. But the fifteen boxes full of stuff he gave back he didn't like and no one he didn't like get someone else to do this no one went through it and took out the classified stuff and yeah. put that with the stuff he was keeping because he still had 22 boxes of shit yeah. he could have taken out the stuff that made him look really bad and give it and back. keep that stuff or no yeah. well either or hide either it. yeah 
either give it back and say, sorry about this, accidentally took it while we were grabbing our kind of cable bill. Yeah. Or give back the 15 boxes of stuff of of the non-classified, non-important national secrets. Yeah. To make it look like he hadn't taken anything that serious. (laughs) It wasn't a big deal. Thereby putting him off the scent. Yeah. yeah. And they'll go, oh, yeah, that'll be, yeah, that's right. But no, the stuff, the stuff he voluntarily gave back in those boxes included, in 14 of the 15 boxes, there were classified documents. There were 184 classified documents, including 25 marked top secret and some... Mm -hmm. That were human, which is human intelligence, which is yeah. spy stuff. Spy stuff. It is, it is stuff oh they God. had got from literal spies that may have included in that. The name of the spy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the name of them or where they were based or what they were doing or what their cover was or stuff about them that could yeah. potentially put them in serious danger. This is kind of the most top secret stuff there is Yeah. about yeah. the security of you know intelligence services yeah and just mixed in with his his passports and other crap because it wasn't it was just yeah. in the boxes Time with magazines yeah things like that yeah 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 and jesus the Christ. thing is some people have noted and i and i we're not saying there's definitely a link here but it's plausible mm-hmm. people have noted yeah. that last year the cia put out a uh, a kind of announcement within the agency and and that made it outside the agency that there were an, a, a surprising number of agents cia agents mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. being uncovered or killed that year Whoa. there was, it was yep. like a significant increase in the number who they they would normally expect to kind of lose their cover or you know to mm. be discovered by foreign governments yeah so in january Trump took a bunch of stuff which included potentially identifying information about American spies. And later on in the year, I think December, CIA put out a thing saying, oh, this year's been really bad for our spies being discovered and killed. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's a coincidence. But... These questions should be asked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yes... So Whoa, that, that's, that, that is bad. Yeah, that's bad. Um, and that's yeah. just the stuff that he gave he, he back gave voluntarily. Back. That's not the stuff that they've they, seized this time round. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff they have got this time round. Yeah. Uh, so part of the initial response from Eileen Cannon, this judge, was that the DOJ needed to give a... Uh, the FBI needed to give a better, more complete receipt, essentially, of the stuff that they'd taken this time around. Right. Which is weird, because then they did, and that doesn't look good for Trump either. Because <laughs> huh? they'd given a receipt. They'd given all the stuff they needed to, basically, yeah. under the law, to say, you know, here's the stuff we took. And it would list. And she was like, yeah, but, but list the list the bad stuff. List right. the worst of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, they, yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so they did. Yeah. And That's that included bad. even more... Um, classified documents all over the place, not just even in the office, not just in the the, the place that the, the storage room supposedly. Yeah, there was stuff found in Trump's personal office in his desk drawers, and that's why his what, they made a big thing about his passports being stolen. Yeah, uh, being taken by the FBI. Yeah. They were they were taken because they were in amongst classified material. 
top secret so documents. Just scooped it all up, and his other stuff's there. Absolutely, you seize all of that stuff wow. that is in that drawer, for example, yeah. because that gives evidence of how these documents are being stored. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So they they found them in his bedroom as well. Found documents in his bedroom that that he shouldn't have access to or shouldn't have in his possession. They laid out some kind of on the floor yeah. of his office and took a picture to show that they still had their folders with top secret and classified on the cover. designations on and the cover. Some of, it, some of it is that secret that even that photo, they've had to redact, redact some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they covered up any kind of identifying information. Yeah. It was just like, look at all of the secret and top secret and, and SCI information yeah. that, that we have found. And the right-wing response to this, and Trump's own response and his son's response, has been, I don't leave my classified documents all over the floor like that. <laughs> That is no, no. basically his I... answer. <laughs> I leave them in a box. Yeah, they're trying to make me look bad by taking them out of a box and just strewing them across Strewing the floor like the I'm floor. some kind of slob. Yeah, no, I leave uh, them in a box yeah. with the picture from, from me of from Time magazine <laughs> and several other bits and some napkins and my passports tucked safely away securely yeah. in my bedside cabinet in my public clubhouse. Yeah. One of his lawyers, Alina Harver, went on, uh, I think it was Fox, and said, I've been to that office, to Trump's office. It's not, it doesn't look like that. You know, he hasn't got them all over the floor like that. He has guests in that office all the time, which is not the dunk mm. she thinks it is. No. Because no. that's where they found <laughs> the secret documents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's not getting paid. <laughs> I can tell you that one, I think. Yeah. Yes. So the, the question then is, why has he got them? You can't, oh, I mean, we're in the, he's not, they didn't just chuck everything in the car when the, when the Capitol Hill was being raided. I mean, they chucked they it in Marine fucking going one. To leave. They, they chucked yeah. it in, in the, heli- in the helicopter that he was leaving the White House in right. that day. There was a lot of stuff going in there. There were two moving vans showed up to the White House on moving day that, yeah. that a lot of those documents went into. There's pictures of people like Johnny McEntee carrying archive boxes. boxes. Yeah, Yeah. with like tape on. And then there's people have kind of matched that up with here's that same box with that tape being carried out by the FBI. The thing about this story is each time you think, wow, this is really bad, it gets fucking worse. Worse. And it's not helped by the lawyers who, or the the judge that he thinks is working on his behalf saying, (laughs) okay, yeah, right. You've got to. Yeah, you can't just come in here and take stuff. You've got to tell us what you've taken. And I go, yeah, all right, okay, sure. <laughs> if you yeah. want, yeah, yeah. No, you you need to make that stuff public. <laughs> you've got to be transparent about this because be, just cause. And then, yeah, and he does, why why does he want this? Why did he take it? What's it for? I mean, they haven't he even begun. The world to ransom? They haven't even begun to ask the question of why they're there yet. That's at least publicly. They are kind of still documenting the stuff that yeah. um, that was fun. there yeah. before you even get to why he had it. There's there are 43 empty folders that they seized this time mm-hmm. that are marked classified. So the okay. folders say classified, and the classified material in them isn't in them. Ah. So where the fuck is that classified material? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty that, fucking bad. That's, that's kind of scary. Yeah. So I guess the, the at least the archivists are going to be going, 
Okay, well, we might be able to match some of that. Let's go look to see whether we've got that. And then they could say, nope, we don't have that. So where is that then? I mean, it's all it's all bad. <laughs> the latest thing that came out today right. was that, that included in the, in the documents were information about nuclear capability of another country, what? What? not the US. Okay, what? So right. that is either information about an ally, yeah. which obviously shouldn't be available to available people. Available to members of or the it's, club, yeah. Or it's spy information that they have discovered about a hostile yeah. country. Yeah. Which, again, isn't great if people know that the US have that. Yes, yes. I mean, there's no, there's no good answer to that. No, it's not just about plausibility. There isn't, in, there isn't a universe where there's a reason why Trump has classified information... Even if he claims it's declassified, it isn't because these these that folders, th- those folders that say classified on them, get taken off when you declassify stuff. Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't stay in that folder then. No, there's somebody write <laughs> D in front of it yeah. with a sharpie. Doesn't happen. But even if he claims it's declassified, there is no universe where he has material about the nuclear nuclear capability, military capabilities of other countries or the US, frankly, but. Yeah. Of either allies or enemies in in a fucking golf course in Florida. Yeah, yeah, with it's, guests coming in and out all yeah. the time. Yeah, it is, it is amazing stuff. And and just recently, the judge Eileen Cannon has uh, granted the motion for a special master, mm-hmm. which is weird and also very shitty in terms yeah. of how that response has been written. Because it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> and the, and like she's claimed that she's doing it under uh, equitable jurisdiction, which is essentially a anomalous jurisdiction, which is the kind of thing she tried to point them towards, yeah. is a is a subset of equitable jurisdiction. It's a reason something can be heard in federal court uh, when it's outside of the usual things that would go to federal court. Right. But she's done that sui sponte uh, on her own merit. She's she, right. she's not done that in response that. to the right. lawyers requesting it yeah she's just gone well i'm gonna you didn't you didn't make an argument as to why i have jurisdiction over this so i'm gonna say i have equitable jurisdiction yeah and if that would be the and, argument if you knew what yeah. you were doing that if you you'd made that i would have granted it yeah but you didn't so i'll do it, it anyway yeah and she's grant so she granted a, a special master to look at the stuff that's already been looked at to decide uh, to, to decide if they can look at it still <laughs> okay so, I mean, all that's going to do is basically it, it'll delay things a little bit before yeah. they can move on to the next stage. This process has to be gone through. They'll either appeal that ruling right. and and say, look, there, it's first of all, you don't have jurisdiction. There's no point. We've already finished. Yeah. Thank you very it, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a case where a special master would come in anyway. If it yep. is executive privilege stuff, he's already broken the law. Um, yeah, and yeah, and and various other reasons why they could appeal against this. So they they might choose to do that. They might just go, okay, fine. Someone look at it, and and then we'll get on with what we're doing because yeah, it's yeah. really not going to derail it at all. They're just gonna, they're going to do exactly the same stuff. That you know, unless someone like Giuliani gets appointed special master, and then and then he says, no, all of this is is stuff you can't look at. Yeah. Then, then, then go, it's not going to make much yeah, difference. Yeah, whatever. We've looked at it all. Yeah. It's all <laughs> yeah, we've fucking seen it. top secret. We've seen it. You're not we've supposed to be looking everything. at it. Yeah, he's not supposed <laughs> to have it. Yeah. 
some of this stuff even the president should be, should be <laughs> looking at. Wow. So if they eventually, surely, they're going to go, right, you shouldn't have had any of this stuff and therefore we're going to impeach you for a third time. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, the reason of fighting is because if he's found guilty of spying or, t- yeah. or handling secret documents when he's no longer president or taking stuff that ought not to be there into a private residence, no, a public residence, yeah, he's not going to be able to run for office ever again, ever. See, that that's the one thing that probably won't be affected. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. he could be put in prison, yeah. but, yeah, even if he gets goes to prison, he could still run for president from prison. It's been done before. Yeah, yeah. So... So that, I don't think there's anything that can be done about it. I don't think there's a thing where they can rule that he can't run for president. But, wow. but yeah, he could go to prison. And, I, and I mean, it's with the stuff that's come out, all of the rulings that, the, that they have made, all of the motions the DOJ have made, all of the information that's been revealed from the affidavit, the, the, the fact that there's nuclear material secrets in there, the fact that some of, the, some of it's human intelligence, yep. some of it is, is uh, designated no fawn, which is stuff which is not allowed to be seen by any foreign national. Wow. Stuff yeah. which is, um, uh, I forget the, the designation, but it's stuff which can only be... Only the person who originated the document gets to decide who sees it. Right. There's some of that stuff as well. And that that's the kind of stuff where there's like maybe a dozen people in in the government who get to make that kind of document. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then they say, Okay, these these three people get to see it, no one else. Yeah. And if you want anyone else to see it, you come to me. Yeah. That's how that one works. Yeah. So there's you know Those are those. Yeah. that's pretty serious stuff. This is high level information and yeah the espionage act is is one of the things that they specified in the search warrant yeah. and it's it's yeah. definitely seeming like they could charge him under it and if they and and having released all this stuff if they don't indict him on anything yeah it's gonna seem really weird now yeah yeah they they're gonna need a reason i think going oh you had all this really stupidly top secret stuff in a yeah. public space where guests going in and out on the carpet, no, in boxes, in his drawer, yeah. and yet we're not going to charge him for it. And they've done things like um, asking the lawyers for assurances that they have definitely checked all of the stuff, and and they've done right. diligent searches, and and they've got statements from them saying, yes, we, you know, you had a subpoena asking for specific kind of classified type material. We've given you everything. There's definitely nothing left. Um, and within hours, the FBI found twice as much stuff as they gave them. <laughs> so, you know, they, they kind of laid paid. that. Yeah, yeah, they laid kind of laid that trap to say, yeah, you know, this, this give us everything? give us your assurances yeah. under penalty of perjury that yeah. this is everything. Yeah, and then they went in and went, see, it wasn't everything, was it? It, it it's, seems like they're gearing up for the ability to be able to to kind of win this case pretty yeah. fucking convincingly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's all all of the they're all closing up with that and the um the January sixth um committee. Uh-huh. Wow. It's just how is he continuing to he, he is like Boris Johnson, a greased pig. You know, yeah. he just kind of keeps going. People try and grab him and he slips through their hands, but the you know, the trap, the coil is wound up tight. 
and it will it will spring shut and get him. One of the other things they've done as well is that when the DOJ went to visit and and from Trump's side they said, oh, they just asked us to put a lock on the door. Uh, that's not what happened at all because right. they are, they un- unsealed that motion as well or that that uh, ruling. Yeah. And it wasn't just please put a lock on the door. It was put a lock on the door. You know, keep this stuff secure. Also, don't look at it. Yeah. And or or move it. You know, just don't go in there. Nobody yeah. gets to go in there at all. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This is for us and not you. Yeah. And then, or possibly already, they had a surveillance warrant because they right. were keeping an eye on the place where they asked him to keep it. Yeah. And they have evidence that boxes were subsequently moved in and out of that room. What? After they had... What? Yeah. So, again, that seems like another yeah. kind of trap of, of saying, you know, we want, to, we want you to be absolutely clear. It is from this point on, no touching yeah. those boxes. And then, and then, and then watch them touch the boxes. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's like it is candy from a baby... Fish in a barrel, all uh-huh. of that stuff, and they, yeah, and they're they're just not smart enough to to, to no, uh, Mar-a-Lago to so... see that that's what's yeah. happening. So yeah, do you think they really mean it this time? Nah, it doesn't apply to us. It's like I was the president. <laughs> it won't apply to me. No, you yeah. were the president. That's the point. You're not anymore. You don't. You're a private citizen, albeit with ex-presidential privileges. You don't get to look at. This stuff, you don't have the necessary security clearance anymore because you're not the president, and you can't just keep it in your bedroom. I mean, he 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 would be. There are certain things he would be allowed to access, mm-hmm. but that's not the same as keeping them at his yeah. house. Yeah, you could turn up at the White House and go, "Can I can I have a look at yeah. this stuff?" You can go to the archives yeah. and look at them. Look at the Declaration of Independence, yeah. like <laughs> anyone else. else. Yeah, the <laughs> portrait of Washington, all of that. You can go and do that. <sighs> wow. Well, watch this space. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Old Uncle Joe has reached that part of the road trip where if you kids don't shut the fuck up, he's going to turn this car around. He's had enough of pretending that reaching across the aisle is a good thing when the people across the aisle are all traitorous, lying sacks of elephant shit. And more importantly, he's discovered that when he calls a fascist a fascist, his approval rating actually goes up. He's tested the waters at a Democrat fundraiser in August when he said the extreme MAGA philosophy was like semi-fascism, prompting complaints from fascists that he'd hurt their fascist feelings and from the rest of us that he'd used the unnecessary qualifier semi. He then delivered a blistering primetime address to the country from Philadelphia's Independence Hall last week in which he called out MAGA Republicans as a threat to democracy, which seems pretty fair since they literally attacked the seat of democracy in an attempt to stop democracy happening just last year. But the people who call Democrats satanic paedophiles said Biden went too far in insulting thousands of Americans and that it was the most divisive speech ever made by a president. And we know these people are aware Trump exists because they voted for him. They must have extremely short memories, which tracks, actually. Meanwhile, Lauren Boebert tried to call it divisive, but she's too stupid to use hyperbole, so she called it one of the most decisive speeches in American history and then accused Biden of cognitive failure. (laughs) Despite a little bit of a, ooh, she's of Russian heritage and they were top-secret documents there... 
People.com report a tremendously funny story about one Anna de Rothschild, a young woman who visited Mar-a-Lago in a Mercedes-AMG, joined the club, spoke about the vineyards and family estates and growing up in Monaco, and apparently they were lapping it up. She's even got a picture with Trump, who would have loved having that name on his membership rolls, of course. As part of his investigation, the FBI obtained copies of fake passports from the US and Canada that bear Inya Yashchinshin's photo and the name Anna de Rothschild that she used at Mar-a-Lago. The Post-Gazette also published images of a Florida driver's licence for Anna de Rothschild that indicates she used an address for a 13 million Miami Beach mansion where she's never lived. I think there is some misunderstanding Yashinshin told the news outlet during an interview in which she claimed she didn't know Anna de Rothschild and that the documents with that name were fabricated by a former business partner who intended to harm her. That's all fake, she said, and nothing happened. Well, you can see why Trump didn't say anything. She's his perfect woman. Young, chiselled cheekbones, Russian descent, blacking her way to hanging out on the golf links with the right and powerful, calling it all fake, being investigated by the FBI. Look out, Melania. I sense divorce papers. In her defence, I believe she doesn't know Anna de Rothschild. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Since it's a person she made up and pretended to be. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, don't know who they are. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Anna. person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker is the gift that keeps on lying. And this week, he revisited one of his old and much debunked claims about working in law enforcement. But this time, he brought the receipts, posting a picture on Twitter of his Cobb County Special Deputy Sheriff card with the caption, While at Reverend Warnock was calling law enforcement thugs and bullies, I was proud to serve the blue as an honorary agent and Special Deputy Sheriff of Cobb County for many years. When I was six or seven, I got a Chips playset so that I could ride my chopper bike and pretend to be Eric Estrada. It came with a bright blue plastic helmet and a police badge, which gave me exactly the same arrest powers as Herschel Walker's special deputy sheriff card. Former DeKalb County DA J. Tom Morgan said, It's like a junior ranger badge, and said that many Georgia sheriffs had stopped handing things like that out, fearing people might use them to impersonate law enforcement officers. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a recent appearance on Newsmax, Walker was asked how he feels about the attacks levied against him questioning his mental health, and he put any worries to rest by answering in part, My bike is not bent, so anyone can ride my bike, like he seems to have Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden riding his bike because he seems to be voting for whatever they say. Walker is currently polling neck and neck with Raphael Warnock, an actual smart person with no serious head injuries. Well, so perhaps he's actually talking about his chopper bike that he had a kid. As a kid Maybe. When he was, when he was a chip fuck. Thing. What the actual fuck? And that is not out of context. The stuff he said immediately before and after yeah. had nothing to do with bikes or no. anything else. It didn't make it better. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, in lovely downtown Nebraska, the land of the free and the home of the brave, the Northwest Public Schools student newspaper of 54 years, Saga, was closed down following articles written therein on the origins of Pride Month and the history of homophobia. It also included an editorial opposing a Florida law that bans some lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity, the so-called Don't Say Gay law. 
all very worthy student newspaper kind of content, engendering the kind of robust debate that schools usually pride themselves in instilling in their student body. You'd think, but this is the USA of 1822, sorry, 2022. Free and brave officials overseeing the district, which is based on Grand Island, have not said when or why the decision was made to eliminate the student paper, but an email from a school employee cancelling the student paper's printing services said it was because the school board and superintendent are unhappy with the last issue's editorial content. Some school board members have made no secret of their objection to the saga's LGBTQ content, including board president Dan Lyser, who said that most people were upset with it. Board vice president Zach Mader directly cited the pro-LGBTQ editorials, adding that if district taxpayers had read the last issue of Saga, they would have been like, holy cow, what's going on at our school? Well, what's going on at your school? Well, nothing except a violation of students' right to free speech and the press freedom that is protected in the US Constitution. But just so long as some board members and most people and district taxpayers who might see it are not presented with things they'd rather not have to think about, that's all right then. Hang the Constitution... Well, just the bits that don't suit them. Brace yourself, it's one of those good news things again. Alaska held a special election to fill the congressional seat of Republican Don Young, who died in March having spent 49 years in the post. Former governor, VP candidate and noted dumbass Sarah Palin was up for the seat, but lost out to a Democrat. Yay! (laughs) And the first Alaska native ever elected to Congress, Mary Peltola. Since this election was the first in Alaska to use their new rank-choice voting system, Republicans have come out in force to say how bad and evil it is since they didn't win. Senator Tom Cotton, who looks like Norman Bates but less fun to spend an evening with, pointed out that 60% of Alaskans voted for Republicans and ended up with a Democrat. He's technically not lying, but the reality is that in the penultimate round, Peltola had around 40%, Palin had around 31%, and moderate Republican Nick Begich had around 28%. When Nick got eliminated, his votes were redistributed based on voters' second choices. And it turns out a lot of his supporters were like, sure, we're Republican voters, but we don't want Palin. She's a fuckwit. So Peltola picked up enough second choice votes to take her to 51.5% and the win. She'll have to stand again in just a couple of months for the midterms. But if she's up against Palin again, it's looking like it might be okay. Yeah, good news indeed. In a move to tackle student debt, Joe Biden has introduced some write-offs of student loans for those borrowers who earn less than 125000 a year or 250000 for couples who file taxes jointly. They will be eligible for debt cancellation. Fair play. Surely it would help those people to be able to spend more in the economy in the long term and not be hampered by debt. Outrage inevitably followed from the likes of the usual GOB suspects, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mike Kelly and Vern Buchanan. And how do we know that? Well, the White House tweeted those Republicans' outrages along with the information about them benefiting themselves from having Paycheck Protection Programme loans forgiven during the COVID pandemic. Green, who said on Newsmax that it's completely unfair for student loans to be forgiven, had $183,504 in PPP loans forgiven. Mike Kelly, who tweeted that Biden's move was poised to benefit Wall Street advisors at the cost of plumbers and carpenters, had $987,237 forgiven. And Vern Buchanan, who, according to the White House, had more than $2.3 million in PPP loans forgiven, tweeted that Biden's move was reckless and a unilateral student loan giveaway. 
The White House also highlighted criticism and PPP loan forgiveness amounts from Mullin, more than 1.4 million, and Hearn, more than 1 million. Of course, the GOP are retweeting back that that's not fair and it's all a bit unnuanced. Yeah, pretty much like their original tweets, of course. But we say, way to go, Joe. <laughs> Retruth them truths. The response on the right to, to let's make it slightly less hard for, for yeah, people for to, who people are in who massive are really debt. suffering. Yeah, uh, is is amazing because it's like 10. It's not a full write off. It's just taking like 10K off the loan or 20k i think if people have pell grants which were for people with yep. on low incomes and yeah yeah the idea that that anyone is going to have their lives made slightly easier yeah. is just and abhorrent to republicans exactly. who are having their who lives are, made slightly absolutely. easier because all of their loans that they got given in order to sustain their supposedly sustain their businesses and pay people wages have been written off. They yeah. haven't got to pay those loans back. No, absolutely. So, you know, to the tune of millions of dollars each. And there's student loans who are students who are getting 10K off their loans. And it's not all students, it's some students who qualify. <laughs> Even people who haven't had hundreds of thousands of dollars of their own loans forgiven, people who have actually, you know, worked hard and paid off their loans and all that kind of stuff or didn't go to college yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's still insane that they have a problem with this because ultimately it's like if there's a string of burglaries in your road, and and you're like, well, the police shouldn't catch the burglar because that's unfair yeah. to all the people who've already been burgled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't yeah. stop them from yeah. burglaring, burglarizing more homes. Yeah, because we had to suffer, yeah. so they should. It's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. <sighs> Oklahoma Secretary of Education Ryan Walters has called for a teacher in his state to have her teaching certificate revoked so that she can never teach there again. It's a serious move, usually reserved for teachers who get convicted of felonies or violent crimes or credible accusations of child abuse or inappropriate contact with students. In this case, high school English teacher Summer Boimia is accused of, checks notes, giving her 10th grade students access to the Brooklyn Public Library so that, if they wanted, they could borrow some books. Mm -hmm. Ryan Walters, again, the Secretary of Education, said, what we have here is someone who's decided to be a left-wing activist and try to indoctrinate kids, and we're not going to allow it here in the state of Oklahoma. In case you're a normal person scratching your head and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here, the problem is that while the kids weren't required to borrow specific books, or even any books at all, the QR code this teacher posted in her classroom pointed towards the Brooklyn Public Library's fantastic Books Unbanned project, which allows students across the country access to books that their small-minded local school boards, and in this case the entire state of Oklahoma, have outlawed. In solidarity, a group of local parents have started putting up lawn signs with the QR code to encourage kids to read these books. If you live in Oklahoma and you'd like one, or if you'd like to help fund more signs, you can email unbannedqrsigns at gmail.com. Meanwhile, in Britain, the Tory party all drew their long knives and got rid of Boris, saying he was no longer fit for office and the party needed a reset. But that was nearly two months ago, which in politics is like as long ago as when the primordial forests that are now oil were just seedlings. Since then, they've been tearing lumps out of each other and shoving a truss under our noses and into our faces. 
and anyone who isn't a supporter of the victorious, with the smallest margin ever for a Tory leader, by the way, said surgical support woman, has been ousted from the Cabinet. So much for resetting the cronyism and favouritism that populated the Cabinet in Boris's time. And moreover, Miss Hernia treatment even praised the blonde buffoon's achievements. The usual fact-check-to-death lies about vaccine rollout, saying boo to Putin first and other shit, as being admired from Kiev to Carlisle, albeit to stony silence in the House. All in all, we are now down to the remaining backwash of ministers that have no experience in office, or they wouldn't have voted for Liz, fronted by a marionette made of barrel scrapings protecting profits over people's livelihoods, because that's what the donors want. And all she wants to do is dress up like Thatcher and get selfies with the Queen. So that's all right, then, you've done that. You can toddle off back to the cheese counter now, Liz, before we all die of capitalism. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. Or if you have access to Manchester, England on Halloween weekend at the end of October, you can come up to us at QEDCon, which is an amazing sceptical conference, which there are tickets still available. You can go to QEDCon.org. We'll be there all weekend and we're going to give a talk on the Friday afternoon at Skepticamp, which is a whole day of talks from kind of people in the sceptical community and and, uh, people who are connected to sceptics in the pub groups around the UK. We're giving a talk in the afternoon about logical fallacies and the whole weekend there will be amazing panels and podcasts being recorded and sceptical talks and cool stuff. We'll be there. And uh, we'd love to see anyone of our friends and, and followers listeners, and followers. listeners yeah. who's there. It's like a festival for critical thinking. Fucking brilliant. If you think we use fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get into podcasts. Or simply tell one other person in person about how much they like our podcast, possibly at QEDCon. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our newest patron, Sindra Soraid, our straw man level patrons, Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan, our true Scotsman level patrons, Kaz Tui, Andrew Hauk, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your continued support. It's very much appreciated indeed. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump all music is by the outbursts and was used with permission so till next time on fallacious trump we'll leave the last word to the donald that's right go home to mommy bye <laughs>